You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 121. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on a six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Now, if you're out there listening, I'm going to assume, I never like to assume because it makes an ass of me and you, but I'm going to, that you would love to see an increase in revenue and profit in your business. Potentially more sales, more flow. You might be thinking, are these trick questions, Ange? Of course I want to see more sales. Like, what are you, what are you doing here, Ange? But folks, I can't tell you how many times I hop on a discovery call with a potential new client and I ask a variety of questions about their business. But one question in particular I ask is this, what sales funnel do you have in place? The phone goes a little bit quiet when I'm on that discovery call and guess what the response is? Um, sales funnels? Nope, don't have one of those, but I need one. Can you help me with that? Yes, as a business consultant, I can help you with that. But I also want to help you on the podcast today to understand sales funnels better. And that's why I brought on the amazing Kate McGibbon to talk about sales funnels with me because we both love them so much. And we hope that in this particular episode, and particularly that you start to love them and understand them too, because they're going to help your business out epically. When deciding to grow a business, many people struggle with how to market their business and most inspiring business owners you got two options, guys. Continue to rely heavy on hope marketing. The way I look at hope marketing is that, you know, it really means waiting around, hoping that things work and hoping that referrals come in and hoping that things just, do you know what I mean, help you to grow that business. Or you've got option two, take the time to actually build a system that attracts the right leads and turns them into paying customers, aka the best way to do that is a sales funnel. So get ready for a great podcast episode today focusing on how to make more sales with a simple sleaze-free funnel where Kate and I are going to talk about things like what is a sales funnel? What are the benefits businesses can see when having a sales funnel? When is the right time to start creating that funnel? What does the funnel even look like? What can businesses expect when creating a sales funnel? And so much more. But before we hop on to today's episode, I have some super, super exciting news. That news, wait for it is that this episode is sponsored by the Women in Business Success Summit brought to you by, that's right, me, ladies and gentlemen. I've been working behind the scenes to bring together 50 leading women in business owners to create the Women in Business Success Summit. This October, the Women in Business Success Summit will connect you with 50 handpicked speakers from diverse backgrounds, all business experts in their own right field. They will share with you their go-to tools, resources, and strategies that they use themselves, giving you everything you need to move your business forward. And the best bit, you can access all 50 presentations for the amazing price of $50 per ticket. That works up to $1 per presentation. You'll be able to binge watch all 50 in one day, or you can, you know, 
mash that out over whatever works best for you and your timetable. To secure your ticket and to be able to access 50 amazing speakers through the Women in Business Success Summit, for just $50, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au backslash summit to secure your ticket. Again, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au backslash summit to secure your ticket. It's going to be epic. Now, let's get into today's podcast talking about all things sales funnels. Welcome to the show, Kate. Hi. It is so good to have you now. It's one of those things when, obviously, at time of recording here in Melbourne, you know, uh, we're also recording at eight o'clock at night. Uh, so we've been putting our children down, making sure people aren't, I had mine screaming and crying, yours is nicely asleep, and we both showed up in our PJs. And this is what, I, like, you know, these are the bonuses when you own your own business, right? Is that you can do these things and it's totally okay. Yeah, and the bonuses of, of podcasts. <laughs> exactly right. I've had a couple of clients say to me, like, Ange, I really think my audience is on YouTube. And I was like, and I was like, go back, survey your audience, see really. And I said, but also like lighting, makeup, positioning, this. I was like, do you really? And they're like, oh no, I didn't think about that. They're like, and so anyways, needless to say, they've gone with launching podcasts and they're doing really well. But they were like, oh yeah, that's a lot more work actually to have to do that YouTube stuff. I'm like, I mean, if your audience is there, great. But I was like, maybe not so much. So yes, the power of podcasts, you can record in your pajamas at eight o'clock at night and produce a wonderful piece of content. So super glad that you're here tonight, Kate. One of the first things that I do like to do, though, uh, when any guest comes on board is I like to start off with a fun question in order for the audience just to get to know you a little bit better. And, you know, I do mini stock all my guests. We've known each other for a while, but I always kind of like find what other juicy stuff do I do not know about you. So what I want to ask you is I know you truly, truly believe that after five or more wines, you are the best dancer I read that <laughs> on your on your website. So I'd love to know what is your all time favorite dance song? I'm a Taylor Swift girl. It's very, oh. um, I think it's because she's like all tall and lanky. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because I know when you and I initially met in the Philippines uh, at Chris Ducker's event, it was, you know, I'm quite tall, but you actually outbeat me on that. I was like, oh, there's not a lot of tall women in the world, you know? And I was like, oh, Kate for the win on this one. So yes, it's Taylor <laughs> Swift. And, and so can you confirm that you do think you're the best dancer after five wines have been consumed? Well, while when I've had the five wines, I definitely do think I have. If I, <laughs> probably if I saw some video evidence, I may not be quite <laughs> so certain on that. Quite so confident. Again, yeah. well, we, well, we will say what happens in the Philippines, stay in the Philippines, because there's a couple of loose nights when we were there also, which is always, do you know what I mean, was so much fun. Now, you've been, you've had an enormous entrepreneurship journey, right? It started back years ago and you've really grown from one strength to one strength. And so for those listeners, Kate, now that we've got the Taylor Swift and the dance moves out of the way, <laughs> let's get into some seriousness. Tell us a little bit about your business journey. Where did you start and where are you at now? Sure. So I will try and keep it as, as short and concise as possible. <laughs> uh, but 2007 was when I started, which just makes me feel so old. Um, <laughs> but I, I used to work in publishing. I worked for a fashion magazine and this was around about the time that online shopping was coming to Australia. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of saw a bit of an opportunity there to sort of just start you know, talking about it and sharing things that you can actually buy online in Australia because not actually that many people delivered to us. And it was uh-huh. kind of pretty exciting, particularly for a tall person because I could get stuff from America that would actually fit me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough thing. It is a struggle, people. It, it really, really is. I don't know why Australian brands seem to think we're all midgets, but anyway, <laughs> um, that's not, that's beside the point. So anyway, I started up a hilariously a fashion beauty lifestyle kind of website uh it was most it started up as actually as a newsletter just an email newsletter 
became a website. Um, I ran that for like nearly nine years. Um, and by the end of it, like we were getting like half a million visitors every month. We had a team of five. We had an office, the whole shebang. Um, but I didn't really love it. And I was a bit sick of, you know, saying that gray is the new black and, you know, wear ballet flats with this. And it was, even though it was super fun and the team was amazing and everyone was so lovely. I would just wasn't, you know, it wasn't lighting myself on fire by any means. And I'd had so many people ask me in that time about you know, how I'd done it and how I'd grown the traffic and how I'd monetized because fashion blogging was always something that, you know, wasn't monetized particularly well, I don't believe, um, for a lot of people, or it kind of seemed like a bit of a, a secret society of how it was happening. And so I thought, hey, maybe I'll just create an online course about this, see if anyone wants to buy it. And um, I literally sent out an email to my email list of like people who had nothing necessarily to do, like this was not a targeted email list. It was an yeah. email list of people <laughs> interested in nail art and cocktails um, saying, hey, I'm thinking about creating a, an online course. Do you want to, you know, do you want to buy it? And I put a like embedded a PayPal button directly in a blog post. <laughs> the good old days, the good yes. old days. Um, and that was my sales page and that was my sales, my first launch and a bunch of people bought it. I think maybe like, it was just under 50 people bought it now, um, if memory serves. And it was probably it was probably like $97 or something ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, so I'm like, okay, better go build this thing. And anyway, that uh, that became a whole second business, um, which is called Secret Bloggers Business. And I ran that for four years. These are all kind of overlapping as well here. So mm-hmm. my maths are probably a little – I did have a glass of wine before this, so completely <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Um, anyway, and then it – sort of, again, it got to the point where I was like going, Hey, like I'm loving the business side of this. Like I'm loving building this business. I'm having so much fun in the back end, but the topic was not really exciting me. Um, at that stage, you know, I wasn't even blogging anymore and I was still telling people about, you know, how to use MailChimp and stuff. And I was like, I just, you know, I really like the juicy stuff. I like the online marketing. I love funnels. Like that was how we'd managed to you know massively increase our revenue and to sort of finally get some reliable revenue coming through after so many years of it being really really up and down and uh, that's when I decided to pivot again and create business number three which is my current business which is um, currently being rebranded to hello funnels but at the moment it's katemckippen.com because I couldn't Mm -hmm. come up with a name when I first thought of it Uh, yeah. And so that's what I do now. I'm just all, all about funnels. Just, um, and I'm loving it. It's, it's, I've, you know, Angie and I've talked about it, sorry, but you know, I'm, it's something I'm genuinely passionate about and I think it changes people's lives and their businesses when it's done right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really happy to kind of nerd out about that with you guys. Oh, the sales funnels. But I want to, before we jump into the sales funnels, I do want to back up because you used a nice word that I love and it's kind of been a word of 2020 if, if is pivot, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, again, I think women in particular who, you know, are like, damn, they're pushing potentially shit up a hill right? They, mm-hmm. I, I always say you can't polish a turd. If you, if your product sucks, it sucks people, right? <laughs> but they say they've put, they've invested $15,000 already into the business and they've done this and they're like, but they're making it work. They're almost forcing it work and not even getting into the woo about, you know, the, the vibration that you're putting out there, right? Mm-hmm. Is the reality of it is that sometimes you have to pivot, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's a bit uncomfortable, 
right? You know, you're like, oh, this is scary. I don't really know. But there's something about like, you know, if you if you follow that intuition, you know that it's not working. You know that your heart's not in anymore. And so what are, have you ever thought about really like, what are the things you look at before you pivot? Are you like, okay, is it, is it hard? Is it following your intuition? Like what was it for you when you were looking at those pivots for your own businesses? Well, I think for the first business, I took away, like I was thinking about how to exit that business, I'd say mm-hmm. for over three years. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, and it was one of those, it's kind of like being in a relationship and you know, it's done, but yeah. then, then they come home and they bring you flowers or something right. and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, maybe you, you, you we'll see, we'll try and make, we've been together so long. It's like that, you know, sunk cost of time yep. and effort and everything. But I think as soon as you start Googling how to sell a business, <laughs> <laughs> it could be a code red at that stage. It really could. But, uh, you know, like businesses, as your relationships, you know, there's, there's good months and there's, and there's bad months, but I think it's the, the real difference is when the, even the bad months still, you still excited, yeah. like you still kind of, you still have plans and you still are coming up with ideas and things like that versus where, you know, the good months, you're kind of like going, uh, like, oh, Yay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Yay. But my like, and again, it's like you're flat, your energy's flat. You know, that's yeah. what I felt with Finley and me was Finley and me was it got me where I am today. And I will forever be grateful for, you know, having that e-com platform, 1400 different products. I too was in that blogging space, you know, working with Netflix and a variety of, you know, national and international brands here in Australia and overseas. And it was great. But as my kids got older, I no longer wanted to go to trade fairs and I no longer wanted to look at toys. I was kind of like, okay, they're over it. I'm over it. Like what's next? And, and it just evolved. And for me, as I didn't sell that business as I chose, cause there's too much of me and my kids infused in that. And so I decided not to, I mean, we still have it up and something very exciting is, is going to come from that. Actually, uh, it could be in the form of a foundation is forming, which is great. I'm just currently working with lawyers to get something set up. So, you know, Finley and me potentially will still be around. It's just transforming, but it's one of those things that it, I was okay to let it go. And once I knew that I was letting it go, even though we've still kept our socials up and things like that, but we weren't selling products is like, I found the joy in it again, right? It wasn't like I had to do this. I, you know, it was just something that I loved doing again and that I loved, you know, representing that brand again. And, and it opened up space and freedom for me now to focus on what I want to do. Right. So I just want to remind you listeners out there that it's okay to pivot. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. Uh, It just means in my opinion, that you're making way for something even better to come. Yeah. It's just, it's an evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Like business is constantly evolving. I think, could you imagine I couldn't think of anything worse, actually, than having done exactly the same thing for the last 13 years. Oh, gosh. I'd be gouging like, my eyes out. You know? yeah. like, <laughs> that's, no. why it's, that's why we're entrepreneurial. That's yeah. why we, we kind of do these things. So, exactly yeah, it, right. it's, it's scary and it does. I had this thing that I had to, and I actually didn't end up selling. I was the same as you. I like it felt too much. I couldn't sit there and watch someone destroy it so (laughs) or worse I make it more successful than I did I was like I couldn't watch either scenario so I was like I'm just going to shut it down Um, but I had this story that if I didn't sell it for like some big multi-six figure then it would have been a failure of a business Mm -hmm. but really the lessons that I learned in that business like it's the you know it is the most valuable it's better than any MBA like 
that 100 business so absolutely and that's where you know a core my business model that I teach women in businesses are, are about these these things that I call profit pillars and the pillars that I use with an e-com are the same pillars I've used for a service-based business when building the foundations right and one of those nice segue by the way us you and I Kate are into this, is, that, <laughs> is sales funnels Sales funnels, I mean, these are super important of any business, e-commerce service space, as far as I'm concerned, be it so many businesses either don't know what a sales funnel is or have one in place, but really don't know how it works or what it's supposed to do. They've just kind of gone, this is what I was told to do, but I don't really know it. Um, so I'm excited to have you on the show today to talk about all things funnels because it is important. And the sooner you as a business owner can understand what a funnel is, how it works, what the benefits are, you guys are going to like, we really should do rev share deals with you now, Kate and I, because uh, <laughs> this is, uh, you're going to want to thank us, right? So when you guys are pumping the champagne uh, and, uh, you know, on your first kind of $100,000 launch, whatever, remember Kate and I, one for the homies, all right, as you guys are doing that. But just to be clear. <laughs> A sales funnel. I can you just define what a sales funnel is? Because, and I do this regularly with my guests. Because what you think and what I think and what the listener thinks can be different. So, just to kind of set the scene for what we're going to talk about is how do you define a sales funnel, Kate? Yeah. So, bare bones definition of a sales funnel for me is a it's automating your best practice sales system. Mm-hmm. So, and what that means is basically taking like thinking about what is the process that you would love to be able to take a new lead or a new person who like stumbles across your website uh, through, like what information would you like them to have? How would you like to greet them? How would you like to introduce them to you? When would you like to make them an offer? And, you know, and rather than being able to do that one-to-one because that's not humanly possible in any kind of scalable way. Like you can't be sitting there and go, Oh, Steve just came on my website. I'm going to email him. (laughs) Um, You know, so we have all these amazing tools now that allow us to set up, you know, really simple little systems and processes that will do that for us. So it's basically like having this little robot sales team running in the background for you and allowing you to be, you know, greeting new leads and prospects, warming them up, giving them information, uh, pitching to them, like giving them a great sales presentation of some sort or sales experience. And if it's the right time for them, allowing them to buy and for you to be making sales on autopilot, like the good old cliche sales in your sleep, which is when most of mine happen because most of my audience is in America and I'm normally <laughs> asleep when they're awake. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, that's in a nutshell. It's, a, it's an automated process for your sales and for you the core benefits for you is like you said literally it's automated you're warming your audience they're potentially buying are there any other benefits that you've seen throughout the years when having a proper sales funnel in place the benefits beyond just you know they're so far reaching I think in your business and I think it's not just from the funnel it's what the funnel gives you because when you have a sales funnel up and running you all of a sudden have this level of certainty like nothing obviously is ever a hundred percent certain, but you have this, this, this close as I think you're ever going to get in business mm-hmm. of like every single month you go, okay, well, I know this month I'm going to earn roughly X. Um, yep. And this is particularly for like course creators and coaches and things like that. Um, and I mean, e-commerce and stuff as well in, you know, funnels are slightly different, but obviously it's all running there. Um, and having, but having that sort of that level, like knowing that you have a baseline, knowing that your bill's going to be paid, that you're going to be paid, um, it just it allows you to do to act really differently, I think, in your business and to um, 
show up in your business really differently. It also allows you to start to build a team. And, you know, if you want, if you do launches to start to, um, rather than them being this like scramble of like, oh, you know, I'm going to run out of money this month. Oops, we better quickly launch something and get something out there. Um, you can actually sit down and be strategic about it and have a good lead time and warm people up. You can feel comfortable investing in maybe some Facebook ads or, uh, you know, because you know that when you invest, you're going to get this money back. And it just makes the way that you run your business and the way that you are in your business so different. And it's because I've, I've had the other business. I've had the, you know, the very up and down revenue business and that sucked. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Having, you know, the, I, I love my, I love my stability. It's, it's one of my core values. It makes me sound very boring, but I think it does make business very different when you have that. And I think it's important, right? Because it's like, again, you don't see seven, eight, nine, ten 10 figure businesses running off of things that are unpredictable, right? Is they're looking at data, they're looking at numbers, they're looking at calculations. And from that, they're making informed decisions. So when your sales funnel is up and going, give or take a few variances, right? And you keep the, we, we take that into consideration is you still pretty much have a given baseline about what's coming in every month, right? Give or take if ads are up or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so to me is that that predictability is such a big benefit because that predictability allows you to start strategically planning what your next move is, are you, what What else can you scale? What new program can you come in? What new team member can you hire, right? Because mm-hmm. again, that you have to have money to be able to pay for those things. Yeah, and, and no one ever, you know, and, and rightly so, you don't want to go out and invest and get this big team or, you know, go and invest in that amazing coach or something like that when you're not sure if you're going to be able to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So yep. knowing that you, yeah, that you have everything covered. Uh, and for me as well, it's like I had a couple of, you know, life instances like you know I just had a baby and things like that like being able to know that my I didn't have to be working and breastfeeding if I didn't want to yeah totally <laughs> because, and you can take that time off yeah you know it was I mean, I I'm so glad that I had that set up and I that I was on business number three not business number two or business <laughs> number one yeah. when I had I, you know when I had my baby because I was it was a very different experience for me both being pregnant and you know being able to be at home and you know, hang out with him and not be stressed out, crazy mom. I got to be, you know, rolling Enjoy around the ride. Floor. Yeah, yeah. And with and so speaking of time, as I believe we're all right on time, as my own coach that talks about. But I'd like to ask you those: Do you feel there's a right time for businesses to start creating funnels? Should they do it sooner rather than later? Do they need to be creating a funnel for a launch in particular? Like, when's the right time to to create that funnel? I think the only prerequisite of having a funnel is that you have a product that you've previously sold successfully. Mm-hmm. I think if you have that, then you should have even just the most basic of funnel. Because even if you had spent, you know, a day or two setting up a funnel and it converted badly, you still have this thing running in the background that makes you some extra sales sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it's still going to pay for itself. And then you would learn over time and be able to tweak and improve and it would start to work better and better. And But you would still have this, you know, extra handful of sales every month that you wouldn't have otherwise. And that's just, you know, that's just free money. Exactly <laughs> right. It's coming in. And yeah. for you, is, I know we've talked about the definition of a sales funnel, but what does a funnel look like? Like, are there stages? Are there parts? I mean, I know, but for you listeners out there, again, I'm wanting to extract this information so you can hear it from someone else other than me talking all the time is, 
what does that funnel look like? Stages, parts, moving parts? Like, can you kind of give us a visual of what a funnel looks like? Yeah, yeah. So I really wish I had a whiteboard right now. (laughs) (laughs) But just bear with me. Um, So the way, I mean, everyone everyone is slightly different, has a slightly different way of doing it, but I see there's three key parts of a funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one, which is where I actually recommend people start, is actually the middle piece. Mm -hmm. And this is what I call like your bread and butter funnel. Like this is... Usually it'll be like a webinar funnel or something like that, but this is what sells your signature offer, um, sells something that's really leveraged. Um, so it's not necessarily like a one-on-one, but maybe like a group program or something that you can be delivering 24-7 to have many people. And this is something that you'd, you'd have running all the time. And it's it doesn't have to be complicated, simple is best. Mm-hmm. And so once you have that working really well, then the next piece I love to see people add in is like a lead gen funnel. Mm-hmm. So this is where basically um, you fuel, you set up another little simple set of steps that basically is set up to fuel your greater funnel. So it's set mm-hmm. up to make, uh, basically make your Facebook ads pay for themselves and any other sort of like, what's the word, pay traffic. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So then you have these two pieces and they go together and they, they work really nicely. And you've got your face, you're running Facebook ads, they're paying for themselves and then the people are coming through and then, you know, it's kind of like starts being more profitable because they, they're now going through into this bigger offer. Mm-hmm. And then the third piece of the funnel is what I call like profit maximization. So that's where we want something, a further step. Um, and again, that can take many forms depending on your market, your offer, you know, all those kind of things. Um, but that is where you have a next level offer of some sort. And it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be a mastermind. It doesn't have to be multi-thousand dollars or investment. It's just a next step to so that a certain portion of the people who come through your funnel um, have another option uh, to yeah to, to work with you further to invest further and again that just helps to increase your profit because you're not having to spend you know you're not having to go out and get new leads you're not having to go out and you know do more ad spend these people are already in your funnel already in your world so that's I see is. I mean, then it can just spider off from there, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can like go... multiple, multiple things that you can do and test at that stage. Yes, yes. But that, yeah. I'd say, is probably the three. And in, and inside each of those, like, they're their own, got their own strategies and stuff. But those are the three key and Again, nice pieces. segue because I do want to say, can you give an example of a simple sales funnel? So someone that's sure. out there going like, okay, ladies, I probably don't have a funnel. I'm just throwing spaghetti at a wall. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going month to month, things aren't consistent, but I've got this really great product, right? My beta testers have done it. It's been phenomenal, but you know, there's not much. I just kind of throw it out there and hope someone signs up for it. Can you walk us through like what a simple funnel would look like? The, well, the simplest funnel I can think of would be like a flash sale funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the highest converting, but it is probably the easiest to get set up and get running. And like I said, like just even having a funnel that works kind of okay is mm-hmm. better than having no funnel at all. <laughs> yep, totally. Yep. So, yeah, so this is, would basically be a, you know, you'd have some kind of lead generator or opt-in bribe or something, you know, basically a way to get people onto your email list. And then once you're on your email list, you're going to want to send them a series of emails, usually over, um, you know, five to five to 10 days. Again, mm-hmm. feel free to play and tweak this however much you want. But you want to start off introducing yourself, you know, sharing some great value, um, you know, 
there's lots of like different strategies of kind of emails you can send as well but uh-huh. normally around about day um well some people might do it straight off the bat but i say normally about day two three or four you're going to want to offer them a really special limited time only offer uh-huh. so that would be you've worn them up you've introduced them and then you're like hey i've got this great product you've probably dropping been dropping hints about that product leading up till then yeah. um and for the next 24 hours it is $100 off or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever makes sense discount for you. And then send a couple of follow-ups reminding them their discount is expiring and then, you know, Bob's your uncle. Like it doesn't have to be hard. Yep. And I think that's key there, right, is there's a lot of gurus out there. I won't name names, right, because I probably will get in big trouble. But there's a lot of people (laughs) saying you've got to make it complex and it's got to do this and it's got to do this and you've got to do this, blah, blah. Again, I'm all about the power of one. And I talk about this often in my own masterminds that I run, et cetera. But simplicity is okay. You don't have to be making it complex. In fact, simplicity, like the what we're running right now, a very, in my opinion, very simple funnel. We're running for one of my clients who just hit the half million dollar mark over the last kind of 14 weeks off of a $27 product. It's literally, you, we've sent an email out to her list. We're running some ads. We go to the landing page to buy the $27 offer. There's an upsell, then an OTO. And then it's like, bye, have a great day. That's it. There's like, we're not even like, in that instance, we're not even doing like a lead gen, right? It's just going like, here we go. Yeah. So sales page offer, like that is actually the simplest. It's like literally like sales page (laughs) offer, have a great day, right? Now, granted, I think it's also important for people to know is, in this particular client, if you're like, oh, half a million, I'd want that too. We all would want it. But she has a very warm and engaged audience, right? And I think that makes a difference because the way I look at audiences is you've got cold, warm, and hot. Cold is they know nothing about you. Again, it's like going to the bars. You guys have heard me talk about here and asking for sex without even asking for their name. It doesn't probably work. <laughs> I mean, it might, hashtag no judgment, but it probably doesn't. You've got a warm audience who you've probably taken out for a couple of dates. You're texting back and forth, right? Um, but they still haven't gone in for the, the kill with you yet, okay? And then you've got your hot audiences. You guys are madly in love. You know, engagement rings are in the air and babies are on the way, okay? So the, the thing is, is like, if you have a very cold audience and they're very new, going to like what we're doing with Tracy and going straight to like sales page, buy, have a great day might not work. And I don't want to get too overcomplicated on this podcast, but I think it's important that we understand where your audience, like where are they in that filter? Because again, if they're super cold, you again, you might have to leave them like what you've talked about to like a landing page, thank you page. They go into some nurture sequences and then you put them the offer. So you really have to be able to adapt and understand where your market is coming in and where they are in that. Would you agree with that, Kate? Absolutely. And I think it's, you should also be aware of like where your own skill set is as well, because like I would imagine with your client that the, you know, a lot of that relies on Facebook ads. And if people aren't sort of able to, you know, don't, aren't highly skilled in their own Facebook ads or something, and they're coming in as a, as a newbie, then it's just not going to be a strategy to fly. With mm-hmm. So setting up something that's going to work with wherever you are in your business as well is also um, one hundred percent. And there's like, and I also think it's important that we can talk about there are you can do um, organic sales funnels. You yes. don't have to be jumping straight to paid. And I think again, everyone's like, oh, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. I actually disagree. 
Because if you don't, if you've got a shit product, you don't know your audience, your sales page sucks, your coffee sucks, your graphic sucks, and you're spending, say, $1,000 of driving traffic back to a shitty sales page or a shitty like landing page, right, for an opt-in, you're actually potentially compromising your brand, damaging your brand, and you're going to lose them anyways, but you just dropped this money on ads. Yeah. So I guess it goes to my next question is, is what do business owners need to be looking for to know if a funnel is working and converting or not converting? So I'm exactly the same as you, like with all my clients, we're always like, you, you have to test to exist to an existing audience. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like, I never encourage people to go out and spend money unless they know with pretty good level of certainty that they're going to get it back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when it comes to setting up a funnel and testing and and knowing what's working, we have this of like milestones along the way. So for example, with a webinar funnel, which is, I said, it's like the bread and butter funnel, um, is usually we'll get them to go and do a live webinar to their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do that or do that first. You want to make sure that the, the people are signing up for the webinar in the first place. Otherwise, your ad's going to be really expensive when it comes time if no one is you know, resonating with your messaging. Um, so you want to make sure you're getting at least a 30% sign-up rate for like as a minimum for your webinar. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure... I'm less concerned about uh, show up rate because by the time you get into the funnel, it's, it's a different, different kind of matter. But then yeah. it comes down to the actual sales of, you know, on the webinar. So we sort of aim for a 10%. Of, so 10% of people who saw the offer, so saw the webinar, so that's live and replay, you want to have 10% of those people actually purchase either on the webinar or in the follow-up sequence. Mm-hmm. And usually if you get that 10%, because once you go to Evergreen, it normally drops by about half. Mm-hmm. So then you'd be aiming for around about a four to five percent conversion on your evergreen, which I know a lot of people are going, uh, numbers, stats, gross. Um <laughs> but it's important and I and I encourage all my listeners and all my clients that to start looking at their data sooner rather than later. Because once you start to know your numbers, and I'm still like, listen, it's one of my things that I still work on every single week because it's not my strong point. Um, but I can say is every time I kind of understand another piece about tightening those numbers and it's I'm more confident. I'm making better informed decisions. My revenue and profit margins increase. Like it really is. So I encourage people, especially women in business to become, you know, not only financially literate around things, right? Like that financial literacy, but also just about like these type of numbers, they're important. It's what is going to make or break your engine later on in business. So I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't, you know, when you sort of are sitting down and planning out, like when it does come time to go, okay, I'm going to scale now. Um, you know, there's organic traffic. You can absolutely just have your funnel set up and just running on organic traffic. And depending on the level of organic traffic, that can just be hugely profitable right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people kind of go, once they get a little taste, they're like, all right, I want more. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's put the foot on the gas and that's, you know, time to start looking at doing some paid ads. But that is where you have to know your numbers. You have and you have to be able to sort of like reverse engineer it because you need to be able to say, all right, I'm rough. I know that if, um, you know, I spend this amount because it converts at this, uh, that I should be able to then get as long as our ad spend is here or our cost per click is here or our cost for registration, depending on what you're going to focus on, that, you know, we're going to get our money back at least and hopefully at least two to three times. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. that's, that's kind of the, you know, the end goal. But, um, Yeah, so important to know your numbers, definitely. And for those listeners out there that are going, okay, ladies, you've taught me a little something about sales funnels tonight. 
Um, I know this is something I need to be working on. I know I can start at the most simplistic way. What would you encourage? What's the one thing that they can go to and do today to get started? Is there any like, what's that one thing? Because I'm really big about moving people from A to B in the quickest and most efficient and timely way that we can. So what's the one thing that you would have people do today to try and get a funnel up and going? I would sit down and literally map out like what, whether you've done it before and seen it in action, that's even better. Um, But what is your ideal scenario, like your ideal steps that you would wish you could take every new person through? Just Mm -hmm. sit down and map them out because it's just going to start making you a bit more aware of around, okay, well, you know, I'd really, it's really important for my new, for new subscribers to know this about me or mm-hmm. to um, believe, you know, to sort of buy into this kind of belief or to have, you know, to trust me. So then you can start go, okay, well, I need, this is what I need to start sharing with them. And even if you don't go full funnel, even if you just set up a couple of really great welcome emails to start with, just mm-hmm. to sort of see how it works. Like that's probably one of the first steps that you can do and then you'll start, you know, you can build it from there. But it's really about having, you know, knowing what those steps are and what's going to be the best way to take basically virtual strangers on the internet through the whole no like, trust factor to becoming, you know, customers and, and raving fans. Fantastic. So much knowledge. And I hope for you out there that who don't have funnels, either you contact Kate or you contact me, either or, do you know what I mean? So we can get you sorted. And Kate also has a new podcast out. What Do you want to give it a shout out about what the new podcast is called for people to be able to listen to that too, Kate? Yeah, it's called Doing It Online. Come and, come and, come and listen. It's all, it's all very, very new. <laughs> it's all very new. It's very exciting because it's the more you can learn this and the faster you can learn this. Uh, I believe, as I say often, is that you know, uh, transformation can occur when the transaction takes place, right? And it's about just investing in yourself. So if you are stuck with funnels, because sometimes it just, this isn't how your brain fires, this is not how it works. But for a business to run effectively and efficiently and being able to understand what's coming up next and where you need to increase this or decrease this and all that is, you really have to have that grasp on that part of your business. Because if not, you're going to really struggle for the rest of it. Now, for the rest of those listeners out there who are like, I need a little piece of Kate in my life, where can they find you? I know you've got something very exciting coming up. You're in kind of like launch mode yourself, right? So tell us a little bit about something this exciting new program that you're launching and also where can they find you? Yeah, so we are about to kick off a live round of my program 5K Funnel Formula, uh, which is like a four-week implementation program. So it's basically four weeks to go and get your, what I call the bread and butter funnel set up running, tested, going, making sales. Uh, I haven't done a live round in over a year because I was pregnant, baby, all that stuff. So <laughs> I'm really excited to kind of get back in and, you know, uh, be, you know, get it, go and have loads of live calls and feedback sessions, all that stuff. Um, but just head on over to katemckibben.com. Uh, all the details are there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Dude, fantastic. And like I said, Kate is a breath of fresh air, knows so much and just a wealth of knowledge, but also just a good human being that I like to be around. The one final question before we wrap up, Kate, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, that's a good one. So many things. Um, I think it's really like what you said before about the the knowing when to pivot and knowing that it's it's not a failure mm-hmm. um because that would have saved me years, <laughs> years. Yep. um and the second thing would be around business models that actually don't 
suck and are fun to run <laughs> and make money as well. <laughs> yep. Because that one I got wrong the first time too. Yeah. And like I said, sometimes there's gurus out there teaching things, do you know what I mean? And they shouldn't be teaching things. So again, make sure that you're learning from people who've done it. They understand it uh, so that you too can move forward versus doing, getting sucked into things that uh, yeah, suck, right? So maybe yeah. that has happened to me <laughs> just quietly. Hashtag it has. So cool. So <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate you being on it here um, for this particular episode around sales funnels. And I'm sure there'll be many people a little bit mind blowing, a little bit going, oof, I've got some things I need to work on. But before we sign off, just a reminder that my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram stories. Feel free to tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting and also Kate McGiven uh, over there. We would both love for that. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed or left a review, I would equally love that too. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Kate. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au